Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sterling. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. Uh, hey, Merry Christmas, Dave. Merry Christmas to everybody listening. Uh, have a warm and sacred holiday season. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your families. COVID's making it tough on all of us again, but uh, we'll make it through and we'll be back in the water fishing shortly. You know, we're always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products and fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Yeah, Daiwa Reels. We've got a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Don't forget, you can always check us out at our website, wefishasa.com. Merry Christmas to Brad Nearman and his lovely expecting wife, Olivia, who run Berserk Productions, who put our podcast together down in Land Lakes, Florida. Hey, guys, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for all your help in putting this together, Brad. As always, on today's show, we welcome Dave Kranz doing a segment with our title sponsor, St. Croix. We're going to be with Shane Powell, who won the Bassmaster Team Championship at a berth in the Bassmaster Classic for 2022. How cool is that? I'm going to talk to Jason Shakurath, walleye champion, who just was part of a two-man team with his son, Jay, fishing for a million dollars in that huge Bass Pro Johnny Morris event on a Table Rock Lake. But first, let me swing it over to Dave Kranz. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Today, uh, we have a special guest. Guest. We normally have Dan Johnston on uh, about 90% of the time, and uh, he's not available, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, my guest today, and it's the first time we've been on the show together, I think, in over a year, is Steve Sarley. Steve Sarley, welcome hey. to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. I haven't... Uh... I haven't been on this show in a long time. Oh no, I'm on this show all the time. This is not on this segment very often, but uh, it's it's quite an honor to be filling in for the uh, uh, legendary Dan Johnston, for Pete's sake. I I feel like uh, I'm going to try to fill some really large shoes. Yeah, and I think uh, we both are very uh, uh, proud to have him as uh, one of the original sponsors, and we're we're happy to have all the sponsors we have, and St. Croix uh, was the... uh, uh, one of the first ones to come on board, and and uh, we're glad to have them. And they're such a great brand, and it's such a great family. And um, you know, they are the best rods on earth. They've been they've been uh, good for us, and uh, and we've been good for them. I hope they're they're feeling that too. But uh, uh, oh, you know, Dave, when you think about it, uh, from day one, it helped to give us a, a sense of legitimacy because you had people going, "I never heard of this We Fish ASA or this Stephen Day," but They've got St. Croix. This must be a real show. Uh, St. Croix wouldn't be hooking up with any fly-by-night operation. That's the top brand of rods. It's got to be a pretty good show. So 
you know, we were, we were lucky to have them. Yes, absolutely. And coming uh, this June, June 22nd, believe it or not, we will uh, be finishing our last of the sixth years of programming and starting the seventh year. And that is almost unbelievable because we, we worked on this for about two years to gather sponsors and get this to be the, the show that it is and make it work. And uh, uh, all the sponsors, St. Croix and Iowa and Big Rock and everybody that has helped us from the from the beginning, we're glad to have them and, and, and any future sponsors that we have but you know to me uh, St. Croix has been a, a family before the sponsorship. I've been a St. Croix dealer in the, uh, the market of uh, Chicago and Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin for uh, over three decades and, and uh, it's been my best-selling rod from the day I put it in. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a quality product. I'm, uh, full disclosure, I'm also on their pro staff and, and uh, they help keep me on the road for the uh, Major League Fishing Big Five and I, I I love that. That's that's awesome, and uh, uh, you know, always have good things from from Dan. But uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's important for us to to uh, let the listeners know that these are not just these people pay the bills for for this podcast and allow us to do this. And and we didn't just take anybody that would help pay the bills. We we picked people that um, we knew were good for the industry, good for uh, the America Sport Fishing Association and have a passion for it like we do. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, you know, uh, we, we've walked away from some things that uh, uh, we didn't think fit us right in the fact that uh, – no, we, we, we need to be proud of who we represent. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you had uh, ABC fishing reels, you know, uh, uh, made in Bangladesh, you know, say, that, hey, we'd like to advertise with you. Hey, the money would be nice, but you know what? Unless we actually use them and can support that, it's just not us. We're not those kind of people that put the buck in front of everything. And, and I'm being real honest about that. I, I, I am being real honest. And, and, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're not afraid to mention other rods when, when we get a pro on for an interview and a guy says, I use this, that's fine, go ahead. But you know what? When, when it's our turn to talk, we always put St. Croix uh, at the head of the class. And, and, and it's right out there. And I, I'll tell you this, go back for a second because I was going to say this. I got a, I got a text message from... Uh, Trisha Milford Hoyt from Bass Pro Shops, and she said, uh, "Congratulations on 284 to whatever this was a couple of weeks ago." And she said, uh, "You guys are so close to number 300. That is an amazing record and something you should be very proud of. Uh, most people don't make it that long." And I said, "That was wonderful, and I think it says a lot for us that people realize." Uh, how solid we are, and that we're in this for the long run, and, and, we're, and we're the real thing. Yeah, and I remember the the day I asked you to to uh, partner on this with me, and I I said, hey, I got this idea, and I told you about it, and I thought, you know, here's the guys I'm talking to as sponsors with the the St. Croix and the Big Rocks of the world and Iowa's, and um, and I said that the only problem is is uh, we're not going to really make any money at this, but we're going to leave our industry better than we found it is was the goal to 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 help our industry, to help the ASA, to help. Uh, the sport fishing industry, which is a big, it's a lot of dollars in the industry, and there's a, but it, it's not a big group of people. It's a, it's a family, and 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 that's what Saint Croix is, is a family, and they've they've run it like that because it's been family owned for many, many, many years, and it still is. Yeah, for sure, for sure, I I, I agree with that, and uh, 
uh, you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice group group of people, and uh, I think everybody that we deal with is, is in this for the good of the industry. And, you know, let's not let's not try to kid anybody. Uh, St. Croix wants to sell a, a lot of rods, and they want to make a lot of money. But you know what? This isn't like the way corporate America is today, where you live for the next quarter. Uh, you know, the guy who's sitting in the big chair uh, better have a good report sitting on his desk at the end of the quarter, or he's out, and they bring the next guy in because the the world of uh, corporations is about three months long at best. There is no let's invest into the future. Let's worry about uh, getting a kid hooked on this sport. Who isn't going to buy our product for another 10 years, 15 years? You know, uh, companies don't make that kind of investment in the future. The people we deal with, the uh, the St. Croix, the Dows, yeah, they, they do. They really realize that. And, and it, it's like, uh, it's, I always think about this, Dave. You know, you, you go out, you, you go to Benny's and you see a, a 25-year-old bottle of scotch, you know, and it's really expensive. Think about the guy that started that uh, batch at that distillery and said, I'm going to bottle this, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make kegs of this scotch or bottle this scotch, and I'm not going to make a dime off of it for 25 years. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. People don't do that. Companies don't do that. It's not American to think that way. But you know what? A St. Croix rod is, is similar to a 25-year-old bottle of scotch. You know, we're going to put this in the dad's hand, and 20 years from now, his kid's going to be at uh, Dave's uh, Dave's bait and tackle, and he's going to buy one of our St. Croix rods. It, it, we're planting a seed uh, to see that oak tree, you know, in, in the next generation. And these fishing companies operate a little bit differently than than other companies do. And and it's it's nice to be in the industry. Oh, it is. And the design and innovation of the St. Croix have, has grown tremendously. And, you know, they recently redesigned the Icons and the Bass X and the, uh, their trout and panfish rods. And, and wow, you know, it just wasn't a cosmetic change. They, 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 the rod is, it's an upgrade. There's a, it's a lighter rod. It's a, uh, more sensitive rod in all the series. And, and, uh, I know it's, it's just a great, uh, thing to see the, uh, development that goes into these and, and being on their pro staff and being able to test some rods and, and use some rods and um, it's like their victory series. I had one of those earlier than, than they came out and it's just a phenomenal series and uh, they continually uh, not surprise me at all because I kind of expect it after being a, uh, seeing what they do for decades but they impress me uh, at the level that they continue to make things that much better and uh, you know, definitely very proud and very happy to be part of their family and have them as a sponsor, as I know you are. Well, when I, you know, when I when I talk to the top pros, uh, it always seems to be that they come and they talk about how much easier it is to catch fish with the advantages and the upgrades and electronics in uh, in, in trolling motors. Uh, there, there's so many things that are making it easier to find fish and locate fish and catch fish i wish we had dan johnson on right now because i would ask him when are you guys going to make the next jump uh I, i'm thinking that we're going to have rods that actually set the hook themselves someday <laughs> what do you think about that oh you you never know I, nothing surprises me uh, when you see the innovation in electronics and and uh you know power poles and everything else that we've seen and and uh, who would have ever thought you'd have a trolling motor that that made your anchor obsolete yeah you know i mean that that is such and and uh 
before that came out, you probably couldn't have imagined that that would be something that existed someday. So it takes a, a somebody with a mind like a Thomas Edison to come up with stuff like this. And, and uh, it's almost scary to me to think about what the next big innovations are going to be in things like reels and rods, because this other stuff has just gone so far. And, and you think rods, when you look at the St. Croix lineup, you think these rods are as good. They couldn't get any better. Yeah, yeah, they can get better, and when, when you get a better rod, it's going to come with a St. Croix name on it. Yeah, it, it is amazing that they keep uh, producing, and, and like I said, for myself, surprising. But, hey, Steve, you know what? This was great. We got to be on a segment together. I, I appreciate that. I've always uh, uh, loved having you as a partner and, and uh, doing this and uh, doing it together in the same studio was, was great. Unfortunately, as things are, you know, we made the right decision for where things are going by not doing it. But you know what? We're going to do this again sometime. But right now, we're out of time. And uh, good to talk to you. Hey, good to talk to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Say hi to Linda for me. And, and I'm, I'm going to beat you to it. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Take it away, Dave. <laughs> they are the best rods on earth. I am Dave Kranz. That was Steve Sarley. This segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. And I always like to say that everybody I interview has a passion for the outdoors on this segment, and my next guest certainly does. He is uh, going to be fishing the Bassmaster Classic in the spring. He is Mr. Shane Powell. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Oh, excellent. So you're living this dream. You're, you earned a, uh, a berth to fish the Classic on uh, fishing uh, uh, Ufala on uh, a team tournament. And uh, tell us a little bit about that and the format and how what, what was the path that gets you to the Classic in that, in that team tournament? Okay. Uh, well, for us, we fished the, the Alabama Bass Trail, which is a, a, probably the biggest tournament trail in the south i would say especially in alabama for sure um and the way it works is there's 225 teams that 
that sign up every year. And every year, at about the first hour, the trail completely fills up. Um, so I'd say it's a it's a definitely something people try to get into. Um, mm. And we were able to send nine teams in our division because of how many boaters that we or how many boats we have in our tournaments. And uh, we ended up coming fourth in the points for the year, which got us to this tournament. And you follows me and Tim's favorite favorite lake to fish, so we were excited once we got in. Then from there, we had to make the top three out of 180 teams in this tournament. And we ended up coming in second. And with us coming in second, that made, allowed us to go on to the bracket style where you fish by yourself for two days. And then the winner of that moves on to the classic. How was uh, that uh, fishing that against uh, your teammate? Uh, it was all right. I'm, I'm probably the... I guess for as far as that lake is concerned, I, it's my home lake. I had probably the most knowledge between the two of us, and I was kind of the one that led the way as far as how we were going to fish that week. So once we got to that part, he'd already decided beforehand that if we were to make it, he was just going to go try something completely different and just see how it fared for him. So he really didn't have any practice or anything. So he never got it. We never got in each other's way or anything like that. We just kind of both. I kind of continued what we were doing previously, and he just kind of went and did his own thing. So it wasn't – he was – on the second day, he was wanting to just come down there and, and watch me fish and see how it turned out, really. But he, he didn't want to put that kind of pressure, so he just <laughs> went and did his own thing. Yeah, and I, I think of the team stuff that I've done in the past, and if you, it came down to that where you're fishing against each other, I, I think the uh, the reason you fish together is you guys are friends and you enjoy the the time that you get to do that. So you're you're, you're hoping one of you qualifies, and and obviously uh, you did, and I'm sure he's very happy for you. That's right, and it wouldn't make sense to two people beat up on the same spots over and over. I mean. Naturally, you just cancel yourself out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, was, it just made more sense for us to do it that way. Yep, and I and uh, I think that works that way for a lot of these pros that travel together and stay together, and they find their own own areas, and you know maybe they're sharing uh, techniques and patterns, but not not spots all the time. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. So the level of excitement has to be up there pretty good. I mean, this is. Uh, um, you have not been to Hartwell, or did I read that? I have not, no, sir. And then, I've been to I've, I've been to Lake Wiley and several more up that way, but I've never been to Hart. And and how many days of practice do you get for that? Uh, well, we get. I was actually looking at that this morning. The uh, I guess I was the last one to qualify, so I have the least amount of time to really do what I want to. But the I'm trying to think, it goes off limits on January first. Okay. I already can't get any type of information from anyone, but I can drive up there and look around until January 1st. And then after that, it's off limits until practice starts. And I think it's for like three days the week before the tournament. And then we have a bunch of stuff to do for two days. And then we get another day of practice thrown in the mix of all that. And then a day later, we start the tournament. Okay. Yeah, there's always that break for media day in there and all of That's that. Right. And, and right. yeah, unfortunately, having the last one to qualify, some of these guys had a month or two that they could be there, and, and the weather might have been a little more favorable. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe sometimes, you know, I, I think we all have said at times that sometimes we have too much information. 
Oh, I agree. That used to be one of my problems when I fished the the FLWs and the uh, and the opens and all was you would go for a week, you'd find fish on the second day. Well, you still got a you know a week before the tournament starts, and by then things would change. And so now I'm all for just waiting till waiting and fishing fishing the moment versus fishing so far in, in advance. Yeah, we've seen that over the years where the guy that has the home field advantage and it's his home lake isn't always the guy that wins. Once in a while that happens, but most of the time not. It ends up being right. the, the guy that figures it out for the best, you know, for those two or three or four days, what they're doing right at that time, uh, That that's what you really have to find. And I, I think uh, sometimes it is not an advantage to have a lot of information and, and you go to somewhere and you travel and, and figuring it out by looking at it at current times i think is a big advantage and uh it'll be interesting it's and are you uh a little bit in awe of the guys you get to fish have to fish against or or is it Uh, the best i was actually looking at the uh i was because i just got all i started getting all the emails this morning of, of who's in the classic and all that kind of good stuff and uh i mean honestly i've fished against probably 80 or 90 percent of them already probably a third of them i knew from college there you go no that's good i know know probably five or six of them used to fish the alabama bass trail and they fished the more local stuff and they've moved on and have done well and they're in the they're in the classic as well so as far as the field goes i mean it's not really a I'm not going to feel starstruck, really, I wouldn't think. No, and like you said, you fish Opens and fish FLWs, and so many of those top-level tier pros drop down and fish those. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, when they have time, they get in them because it's uh, relatively low entry fees for the kind of money you can win. Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, so this, uh, uh, depending on how this turns out, um, could it sway you to go full-time fishing? I honestly don't think so. Um, I mean, I've, I like where I'm at now. I, I would say we've got a business here that takes a pretty good bit of all our time. And I'm, that's not something I'd ever want. I wouldn't ever want to jeopardize that to fish. I, I enjoy fishing too much to ever not like it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy where it is right now. I mean, I, me and Tim talked about it the other night. I've got $650 worth of entry fees is what got me to the classic. So. I mean, that kind of, you can't really, that kind of math hard to beat as well. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can get there for any less than, than the, the means that you're getting there. And uh, and, and maybe without that uh, lack of pressure uh, to saying, hey, I, I, I got to do well because I want to look for sponsors. I want to do this and, and not that. That may actually be in your favor. Yeah. Oh, like I say, I'm, I probably have a little different approach from most. I mean, I'm just going to go up there and enjoy the moment and i mean i can actually do the i want to perform as well as i can but like i say it's not something i'm really depending on or anything like that it's just go out there no real stress involved or anything just enjoy it so you said it's off limits you can't get information but you can do any research that's available to everybody right i'm looking at past tournaments that kind of thing that's correct yeah anything that's public i mean like I say, any type of public knowledge I can, I can have. I just can't actually ask someone for any type of specifics. Yeah, yeah, which uh, That's right. which makes sense, and and uh, being able to look at at things and look at maps and and that type of thing. Um, does, 
from what you know of that water, uh, you said you fished some lakes that were close to there and near there. Do you feel like your style of fishing will fit it pretty well? Uh, yeah, one, I say one of the things, we've got Lake Martin, which isn't too far from us. And from what I can tell, it looks like it's fairly similar to that. And I've, I've got a pretty good bit of experience on that type of the deep, clear, spotted bass, herring top weight. I mean, like I said, we've I've fished that kind of stuff a, a good bit. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I've, I'm definitely not going to be completely out of my comfort zone by being there by any means. It doesn't fish anything like you follow, I can tell that. But like I say, I've fished, I've fished several lakes around the house that are, seem to be pretty similar. Yeah, I think I think that's good, and I, I think it's great for people to have an opportunity to get to that point. Whether you want to uh, go the path of uh, professional fishing or not, because it is not uh, it is expensive, and and it is a very few people that get there to where they have uh, full sponsorship and and they actually make money at it. And it's uh, you know you give up a lot of things, uh, you know, being on the road that much and and doing that, but uh, certainly. Uh, having this opportunity has to be you you had to have in your back of your head that that was the dream when you started the series no that was our number one goal we when uh, the outbound bass trail announced that that team championship was or when they let us know that the team championship was going to be there i called my partner then and told him you know that this is what we're we were kind of i want to say just kind of just going through the motions at the moment, but we didn't really have anything that we were really trying to strive for this year. And then when that came out, it was like, well, here we go. Yeah. Now we got a reason to, we got a, we got a goal we're trying to get to. So yeah, it was, we actually won the uh, qualifying tournament on Lake Eufaula in March for the Alabama Bass Trail. And Kay, she asked us then, had we looked, had we, looked into the the team championship and back in march we we'd already said that that was our number one goal was just trying to get back to there so yeah we definitely had that on our radar for about 11 months really well you did and you focused and you got it and you get to fish the classic and we'll definitely be uh interested in uh seeing how you do down there and uh wouldn't that be something if we're calling you back for an interview for uh after oh, the man. classic <laughs> i might have a different approach toward the uh, towards the uh the professional thing if i was actually pull something like that off yeah you know? and yeah i'm sure it could change change things uh dramatically but uh we'll be paying attention shane powell and i i do thank you for being on the we fish asa podcast yes sir i appreciate y'all having me oh no problem that was shane powell he'll be fishing the Bassmaster classic i am dave cran steve sarley is remote and this segment was brought to you by calcutta an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors the we fish asa podcast will be right back the outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at big rock sports as avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. 
Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Got with us a good friend of the show, a good friend of mine, uh, one of the best walleye anglers on the planet. And uh, man, this guy's had a year, uh, not only for himself, but uh, for his family. Uh, the, 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 the family of this walleye angler is really making a lot of headlines in a lot of different ways. Let's talk to him about it. Please welcome walleye champion Jason Shakur. Hey, Jason, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, a lot of interesting things going on around here. You know, uh, let's have we can talk about so many things. I don't even know what order to put them in. Let's start out with uh, uh, talking about uh, what you just fished for. You you were just in a tournament where the prize was a million dollars for a two-man team. Is that absolutely incredible? Were, were you yeah. were you able to control your excitement on the water? You know, it was it was interesting because I I fished for four hundred thousand dollars, I think, three different times, and that in itself was you know pretty crazy and and different and a lot of anxiety. But this one was this one was different in itself. I mean, Jay and I, and some Jay, of course, he uh, we we qualified in a, in the tournament out of St. Clair. We just decided to get in it and see if we can't uh, make a run at a million dollars. Did good at St. Clair. Took a top, and we took fifth there, so we qualified for the million-dollar tournament on Table Rock. And, you know, going into Table Rock, you're like, uh, you know, you really just don't know what to expect with a million dollars on the line. And, and uh, luckily for us, we were able to get on a pattern really quick in practice. I think within the first half a day, we we figured out the deep fish, we figured out the suspended bite, and we had a fabulous week of practice, and we went into that tournament very confident, like extremely confident. Excellent, absolutely excellent. Well, let's take it back a step, because uh, you said your son, and, and that was the amazing surprise was that you got to fish with your son, Jay. Jason and Jay were a two-man team in this million-dollar tournament. And, of course, Jason is a, is a one of the most noted walleye anglers in the world. 
And Jay is really coming into his own as a bass fisherman. He has qualified for the Elite Series, so he's one of the top bass guys in the world going out. That's a that's an incredible combination of uh, of two fishermen of two different species. And and let me ask a few questions regarding that. Who who heard about this million dollar tournament, and whose idea was it to actually go for the go for the gold on this? Yeah, I was actually informed. Oh, it was probably a year and a half or so before the tournament from Ranger Boat saying, hey, Johnny Morris is, is coming out with some big news in the next few weeks, and he's going to have this giant tournament. And as soon as he had the press release, we looked into it and said, absolutely. Uh, you know, we both still qualify under the rules. Uh, they had very stringent rules on there as far as how much money you've earned in your career and and you can't fish, you know, certain tournaments, and you can't pay this much in entry fees. And, and luckily for me and Jay, we both made the criteria, so we said, let's do it. And then you go into, you know, what do you do to qualify? And, and well, the closest tournament for us is on Lake St. Clair in Michigan, and you have to sign up as soon as, soon as the day comes for sign-up, and then they randomly pick 250 boats. And in that particular event, they had over 400 that signed up. So oh, okay. We got we got drawn um, to fish the qualifier, and neither one of us had ever been there before, so it was all new. And and we only had a day and a half of practice because that's the official practice period was only two days long. So we went there kind of blind, and we we did a lot of homework before putting the boat in the water and kind of figured out where we were going to start and look. And after the first day, we found numbers of fish, nothing crazy big, but, you know, decent size. And then the second day, we we went to a new area and started looking around and found some fish over four pounds. And there was actually quite a few fish over four pounds. And, and uh, we said, uh, we feel pretty good about qualifying. And, yeah, going into that event, we... we Jumped on that first spot and started working around, and we had five fish in the first half hour or so, and then we had enough to qualify for the finals in probably an hour, oh, wow. 15 minutes, and then we just upgraded throughout the day, and you know, we we literally had a shot. I went in that thing. We were only well, less than a pound away from winning, but... But um, there was a couple of big fish caught around us, and we just never got that, you know, that five-plus pound bite. We all just had quality four-plus pounders. I've got to figure that uh, on uh, uh, St. Clair and then on Table Rock, that your uh, electronics were a huge, huge tool for you to use uh, uh, to find these fish, locate these fish, locate the bigger fish. Uh, tell us about your electronics and how they played a part. Right. Yeah, I've been running Hummingbird for a lot of years, and going into Table Rock, we initially started at, you know, just doing whatever most bass guys do is just beat the bank and and see what's going on. And after about three, four hours, we didn't have any fish, and we didn't see any sign of life, hardly any bait fish. And soon we went out, you know, into deeper water and started looking around with our electronics, and Immediately, you start noticing bait once you get in 50-plus feet of water, and you're like, okay, here's where the bait is finally. And then, you know, you drop the trolling motor in the water, and you start looking around, and 
that's when you start deciphering, you know, what's bait and what's bass, and uh, they all swims in that system. So it didn't take too long, and we were we were running a pattern where we were fishing basically in the middle of the creek arms in the deepest water in the creek, and we would find find the bait, and the bait was suspended anywhere from the surface all the way down to probably 60, 70 feet. Hmm. Uh, but it was over deep water, like 50 to 100. So you could find the bass suspended below the bait fish with your forward imaging. And and then it was just a matter of figuring out what kind of baits to use to get down to those fish quick and to, uh, you know, what kind of technique you needed to, to make a bite. Because those, those fish that suspend out there are totally different. They don't sit still. They constantly swim. And you need to kind of, it's almost like, it's almost like you're hunting them. You got to lead them with your cast. You got to get the right bait to fall at the right speed. So you intercept them as they're swimming through with it, trigger the bite. And once you get a school fired up, it was it was game on. Like insanely aggressive. You could catch three, four, five out of that school, and then they would they would get spooked and disperse and swim away. But and then you're on the hunt again for the next school. It's just it's super fun way to fish. Oh, that sounds amazing, and. Uh... Uh, I realize that everybody who listens to this show is serious about their fishing. Uh, I, I'd love to, to take a clip of this and play it for people I've met who say, oh, that fishing doesn't sound hard. You just put on one of those red and white bobbers and a worm and you just sit there with a beer. And uh, man, the, the people don't realize how hard you have to work and how much brain power there is in figuring out what these creatures are doing and what they're what they're going to be doing uh, in, in the next few minutes because it changes constantly. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to us. Like we had too many spots really found during practice, but you would go check some of these areas a few days later, and the whole creek would be just void of bait, void of fish, and, and it was like, man, where did yeah, how far do these things swim? Like, I just can't. I couldn't imagine how how fast these things move and. Going into the tournament, I mean, we were running short on spots, and I thought we were going to have too many. Huh. And, uh, you know, at that point, it was just running gun, and you could literally run into a creek arm, scan it for two, three minutes, and you would know if the bait's there, the fish are there. If not, fire back up and run to another spot. Interesting, interesting. It's, uh, some great tips to, to pull out of this interview. Uh, that can make people better fishermen totally. Hey, you know, I always thought uh, it, it, everybody's polite, and you'll never hear a bass guy say, oh, man, bass fishing is the greatest. Uh, anybody can catch walleyes, and you never hear a walleye angler say, oh, I fish for walleye because they're the toughest fish. Bass are too easy. Now we got a, a great bass fisherman, a great walleye fisherman in the same boat. You guys ever poke fun at each other in that, or do you respect the, the, the species of the other guy? You know, we we respect each other. There's no doubt. I mean, I fish in a multi-species tournaments in my life, and I mean, people say bass are easy. Yeah, bass are easier. I mean, they're more aggressive. They're you know, when something comes by them and they're ready, they're gonna they're gonna eat it instantly. But at the same time, it's still fishing. You know, they're not they don't eat 24 hours a day, and they all have tails. They all swim around and move and and to me, it's just a big game of fishing. I don't care what it is. I, it's fun to chase them and figure them out and and then uh, eventually catch them. That's, that's the whole deal. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't pick on the bass guys. 
I, I know I know this, and, and being, being the walleye guy that you are, you know, you got the way in. And up on the stage, uh, shaking hands with everybody is uh, uh, Jimmy Houston, Bill Dance, uh, Roland Martin, Kevin Van Dam. And uh, I, I'm wondering if uh, if Jason Shakurit is up there going, who are these guys and why are they making such a big deal out of them? <laughs> no, you know, obviously I I followed fishing since I was a kid. And I know all these guys and know all their stories and whatnot. But it was kind of funny because they're all at the tournament, you know, just supporting what Johnny Morris did. And, and then Jay and I were, you know, in the top 10 after two days and, and then it's funny when you come off the stage and a lot of the a lot of the guys where they're you know they're asking us you know how the heck did you catch these fish you know where did you catch them and how the heck did you find them and you know Kevin was asking us and and uh, Mike McClellan was asking us Brad Chapman I mean they're they were all there trying to figure out that bite. Oh, that is absolutely you know that that's a, a, a that's a darn tough place to fish. Uh, it's it, it's difficult. There's so many places you could possibly go to, and not the best time of the year, uh, in my opinion, to be doing it. So it, it was a tough tournament, and you guys finished twelfth. And you go, oh, twelfth is is darn good. You, you you got you got paid for doing it, but that, what was there about four thousand people in this tournament going in with with all the eight qualifiers in that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a huge undertaking just just by you know setting it all up and getting the qualifiers in there was over four thousand people trying to get down to that final day when you're fishing for for one million dollars and two trucks and two boats yeah i mean just to get to the finals we you know we were ecstatic but at the same time i was extremely confident going into that event that we would have a shot because you know how it played out the first day we fished our best area and we caught them it's almost instantly, and uh, that was our short day with a fog delay to boot. And so we rolled in there, and within oof, probably 30, 35 minutes, we had, you know, 13, whatever, 13, 68, or 86, whatever it was. And then we left them alone, and like, we, we don't need these fish anyway, because uh, after the second day, they're going to zero the weights. Right, right. So, you know, the second day we roll in there and we catch the same thing and we had our five fish um, within an hour and then we're like, well, we got enough. We don't need any more of these. We've got way more than we need to make day three. So that's when we fired up the boat and we we took a gamble and we ran and ran and ran. We're trying to find that, like the winning school of large pound, you know, four plus pounders. Right, right. We could really put the hammer on them and we stopped and got more fuel and kept running and we were checking these backwaters and these other creeks and running and running and running and running and we did this for about six hours and we never did find that winning school on that second day but we were still in the top 10 and then the third day I said well we can you know now we can we can fish our school hard because this is the last day it's a million dollars on line yeah we rolled, we rolled into that same creek, and the old debate was still there. The fish were still there. But things were a little different. It was almost like there was there was more gizzard shad in the creek. You could notice there was bigger baits, bigger bait fish. And then the, the bass we were seeing were not schooled up. 
They were just kind of onesie twosies swimming around. Yeah. And they weren't reacting to our baits. And I finally caught our, our first fish was on the bottom, which was a little different. And, and uh, Jay caught one on the bottom shortly after that. So we had two. And then all of a sudden, back in the creek further in, we started seeing them busting on the surface. So we kind of headed back in there. Ended up catching another smallmouth or back there and a couple shorts and then we came back out to the to the deeper part of the creek and we finally found a good school of bass it was probably 20 of them and uh, jay lined up on him first he made the first cast he caught a three pounder i whipped in there i catch a three pounder uh, he throws back in he catches one that's probably like two and a quarter <clears throat> and then they all dispersed you know we only really got three out of there and then they all spooked so we had our 13 and three quarter pounds, you know, within, you know, probably 9.30 in the morning. Thinking, all right, that's a good start. You know, we'll be right up there with 13 pounds. All we need is a couple kickers. And we fished our butts off. Didn't happen, so didn't happen. We ended up moving around and we just never did run into that bigger fish. So well, I, 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 I'm... Point. I'm so happy for you. Hey, let me take a quick break. I've got some sponsors that would like to sneak a word in. I'm sure we can talk a little bit about your sponsors, Jay's sponsors. When we come back, this is We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley on with Jason Shakurit, uh, who with his son, Jay Shakurit, uh, combined bass catching and walleye catching skills to seek a million dollars in prize money. They did really, really well. Just finished outside the top 10. But we'll find out more about Jay and Jason when we come back on We Fish ASA. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet AFCO's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from AFCO. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. We Fish A is back. I'm Steve Sterling. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. We're on with Jason Shakurit, one of the best walleye anglers on the planet, and 
not too bad when it comes to fishing for bass. We're talking about uh, uh, the tournament he was in fishing for a million dollars with his son, Jay, who just qualified for the elites. How the heck did Jay get to be such a good bass fisherman uh, growing up in a walleye house? Um, let's see. Where do I begin with that? You know, Jay was... Yeah, always just loved fishing from when he was a little little short guy and, and I would throw him in the boat. He caught his first walleye when he was about two years old with me and I still look at that picture, but he just loved to catch anything that swam and, and he just put a, a lot of time on the water. We had a pond here in our neighborhood. He was always down there. Um, but when it when it came time for him to jump in my boat to do some tournament fishing, uh, it all started because of a tournament that I created probably 20-some years ago. I run a tournament here that we have three bass and three walleyes per day, and it's a two-day event. So kind of a multi-species type tournament. It's kind of unique. And the first year Jay and I fished it together, he was, he was 11. And ironically, I hooked into probably the biggest bass in that river. Huh. To this day, and ended up landing it. It was a six three seven largemouth. And once Jay saw that fish, he was he was hooked on bass fishing. No <laughs> he his eyes were so big, and it was it was just a special moment. And then from that time on, he was just addicted to bass fishing. I mean, we couldn't take him down to the river enough. And, and let them fish wherever, you know, off the bank or in the boat or on the pond. And, and he just took it to the next level. And I think when he was probably 15, 16, I mean, I could tell he wanted to do this for a living. And, and you know, I just told him a few, few things that, you know, if you want to do this for a living, you need to, I mean, you need to take it to that level. You need to study as much as you can. You need to fish as much as you possibly can. Just learn everything you you can about fishing. And boy, he took it to heart. And that kid, you know, he watches more videos on fishing. He studies fishing. He fishes. You know, he'll work eight hours. He'll get home and hook the boat up, run down to the river till dark, fish. Come home, eat, go to bed, do the same thing the next day. And it's just nonstop. And, and I wasn't surprised when he started having success around here on the bass fishing tournaments. And it's just because he puts in that much time. I mean, it's it's incredible to watch, and I'm pretty much the only one that gets to see it. So um, he he did great. He, he did just, great in the opens. That next level, and here we are. You know, he's he's in the elite series for 2022. <laughs> But see, he 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 did he did he did great on the he did great on those opens and and uh, looking at uh, the lineup for the elites and the new guys that that are in it this year, I think uh, I've got a really good feeling about what he what he's going to do. And uh, it takes time, and nobody expects uh, nobody expects him to to do it uh, right out of the box. But I, I got a funny feeling he's gonna he's gonna make some money this year. I got a funny feeling that we're gonna see him fishing a Bass Master Classic. Uh, in the very near future, too. Well, we hope so, right, Steve? I mean, I'm I'm very confident in, in, in Jay going into his first year in the Elite Series, and, and he's got the mindset too. He's 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 a lot like me. He's very level-headed. You know, nothing really rattles him. You know, you do what you do. Once you leave the dock, it's you against the fish. You're not fishing against the guys, and 
you know, that's just the attitude he's taken. And he's, let me tell you, he's put a lot of time in already in the last month and a half just prepping for the elites and, and doing all his homework. And, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of faith. Yeah, I hope uh, we'll be at the best Master Classic here in the near future. Ah, that's great. I, I, have no, I have no doubt about that at all. And look at that. A, a Wisconsin guy going down and competing in the Bassmaster Classic. That doesn't happen too very often. No, there's only a few, uh, you know, but there is a, there's quite a few guys up here now that are, that are gunning for the elites. There's, uh, there's three guys now from Wisconsin. Isn't that, so, uh, isn't that something? The presence. Never, never, never thought I would have seen that. Hey, let's talk. Let's talk walleye fishing for a minute. Uh, walleye fishing changes. It's 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 very cyclical. Um, you know, it used to be uh, walleye fishing was done with with the rod in your hand and slow presentations and and and, and jigging and that. And all of a sudden, it seemed like all the checks that were being cashed were guys that could pull meat uh, uh, trolling. And, uh, you know, having the right trolling pattern was what you needed to do to, to make money winning walleye tournaments. And now it seems it's gone back, the cycle's gone back to uh, fishing with the rod in your hand. Am I correct in saying that? And uh, how long do you expect this cycle to last? Yeah, um, you're correct. I mean, there's so many events now where used to be dominated by trollers is now you know, won by casters. And there's only one reason for that, and it's just simply electronics. But um, in the old days, we used to, you know, just cover water with liner boards, and once we found them, we'd get a series of waypoints, and then we'd simply keep trolling back through them. Well, now we're with the use of electronics and the forward imaging, and you can pinpoint where these fish are at and why they're on a specific piece of structure, and now you can just cast right through the juice, right through the sweet spot, and how long is this going to last? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, you know, trolling still works. Don't get me wrong. There's 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 times of the year in certain bodies of water where that's going to be your your best presentation. But but it's not as much fun. No, it isn't. And trust me, when you're you know, I just got done filming a couple shows for the next bite, and uh, I fished this fall on Lake Oahe for magnum walleyes, and you know that. They're just they're just pigs. We ended up catching a ten, two eights, oh wow, seven, you know, all all casting. And then I got an airplane here about two weeks ago. I flew to Columbia River and kind of did the same thing. Filmed the show out there and ended up being a lot of casting. We were in a troll uh, for some of them deep fish, but uh, turns out casting was the ticket and caught some more big ones doing that. It's just. Um, It'll last as long as the fish let it. You know, the fish are going to get accustomed to some of these baits we're throwing, and they always do. You know, they hear the same rattles over and over. And they, they, you know, after time, they become accustomed to it. Sure. They just don't eat them as good. But, you know, it's, it's here. It's, if you're not doing it, you're, you're missing the boat. Oh, for sure. Amazing. Um, I, I love the, the idea that you, you created a tournament with both bass and walleye. I've talked to a lot of the guys lately, uh, uh, pros that we've had on, about uh, how would you like to be involved in a, in a double or multi-species tournament, say bass in the morning, catfish in the afternoon, bass and crappie. And everybody thinks that that is so cool and would love to do that. Uh, obviously, you would be on board for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm 
like I said, when I started that tournament, it was, uh, I started a club, just a multi-species club. So it wasn't a walleye or muskie bass. It was anybody that fishes can join and have a good time. And that's fun into this tournament where we had bass and walleyes. It's so funny to watch, you know, guys fish because you've got guys that are good at bass and not so good at walleye and vice versa. And the guys that do well, I mean, obviously you got to be a good fisherman to catch both species and uh, just totally change up their game plan midday when you're done with your bass and then you go chase a walleye. Uh, it's fun to watch and it's just an exciting way to fish tournament. Yeah, and you know, you know what? It'd be, be another way to get people more interested in walleyes. Walleye, you talked about fishing for four hundred thousand dollars multiple times in the past. It's it's fallen off uh, uh, money wise, and uh, we need to do something to jack up the purses for walleye again. And I think that uh, by what you have done, uh, being in this million dollar tournament and the exposure you've gotten, I think it's making walleye fishing more appealing. Even though it was a bass tournament. Uh, we're talking walleyes. We know how tough this is. We know how good the walleye guys are. I, I'd like to see the walleye uh, tournaments come back and, and start offering yeah. those huge purses again. I think we're going to see that happen. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. And I agree. We got great exposure fishing that bass tournament. And, you know, John Hoyer was in it as well. He took a top 10, and we, uh, you know, we got some good coverage. And, you know, the walleye guys aren't. Uh, are just fat, lazy guys that drag a jig on the bottom, I guess. Chad, Chad Hoyer. He got some exposure. Chad Hoyer, heck, he, he's a muskie guy. Come on. Well, you you going right. give him credit for walleye, too? Oh, yeah. yeah no, John's a, John's a heck of a walleye stick. John's the same as me. We'll, we'll catch anything that swims. And the uh, funny part is he started in the muskie world, and that's where I started my life, fishing a lot of muskie tournaments, and then I got into walleyes and John's kind of done the same thing. Well, I think I think it's absolutely amazing. And both of you guys affiliated with the Next Bite, which is certainly one of uh, my favorite forms of education and entertainment. Hey, man, we're out of time. Jason Shakurit, father of Jay Shakurit, uh, uh, double double dose of uh, top fishermen there in one family, just fished for a million dollars, came in 12th uh, out of 4,000 people fishing. Hey, man, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! Uh, take care of that fam. Take care of that family of yours, and and we'll talk uh, in 2022 as the walleye season approaches. All right, sounds good, Steve. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! Excellent, Jason Chakurit. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best on fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests. Thanks to St. Croix for providing a guest as always. Thanks to Shane Powell, Bassmaster Team Championship winner. We'll see you at the Classic. And Jason Shakurit, uh, he'll be winning more walleye tournaments next year. And his son, Jason Shakurit, will be winning bass tournaments. Wow, interesting family, isn't it? I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Yes, sir, Daiwa Reels. Don't forget, check us out every week. You can always find us at the website, wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing.
I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.